Help, I got a Mac podcast episode number 110. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Help, I Got a Mac. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And I'm Chris Biting. We're here each and every week to give you all the latest in the news related to the Apple computer, mobile device, iPad, iSlate, whatever company that they are called today. Anyway, and also we're here to answer your questions if you're a brand new Mac user. And uh, we also just like to just chat for a little bit. So welcome, everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's always suggested that uh, if, if you want to hear what we really talk about before the show to come on, you know, about 815 because we get on between then and, and right now when we start the show, we kind of yeah. talk about things. So we've already had ourselves a little mini podcast, uh, but we <laughs> didn't hit the record button yet. So here we are. Now, I, I, we're going to start things off. Uh, by the way, we're going to talk about some news. Let's kind of tease them so that they know what's coming up, Chris, without saying exactly the full details. What kind of stories are we talking about today? Sure. A, uh, a longtime PC game developer may be coming out with something on the Mac. Uh, a whole new software bundle coming out. Uh, well, actually out now that I'm buying today. From Mac uh, Heist, right? Mm-hmm. How much is the iPhone making? And uh, when's the iPad going to hit? There we go. So so those are some of the big topics that we're going to talk about today. We also have a, uh, some either either a question or some feedback from Eric Fisher. We're going to cover all of that, but if you don't mind, I'm interested in something that uh, Chris was, Chris and I were having a conversation about before we hit the record button. What, what's up with the books on your shelf? Oh, well, I got this like invisible gravity bookshelf thing. It like looks like the books just float on my wall, which is first off, which is really cool. Uh, and that's my wife that does that. No, I, I was just looking over at my books and I was just laughing um, at, at what they were. Now, I'm just going to run down these books in order, okay? okay. First one. The Pixar Touch, The Making of a Company, okay? Options, The Secret Life of Steve Jobs, written by fake Steve Jobs. Uh, A Whole New Mind, Why Right-Brainers Will Rule the Future. Inside Steve's Brain. Uh, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Yeah. Revolution in the Valley, The Insanely Great Story of How the Mac Was Made. I was how I invented the personal computer and loved every minute of it from Steve Wozniak and icon the story of Steve Jobs and the cult of Mac. I think I've got a problem Cliff. I think you are a fanboy Chris. Yeah, I think so. You are a hardcore fanboy. Oh, and I have the survivor man book by Les Stroud, which tells you how to survive in the woods. Oh, okay. Nice. So, so Chris understands the mind of Steve. I do. And I'm right-brained. So, so the question is, then, have you read all of those books? Some of them twice. S- no way. You seriously? Actually, I've read Revolution in the Valley a couple times, yeah. Wow. That's interesting. Well, that's what makes it fun to have you on as a co-host of this show, because you know I'm really somewhat disinterested at times in, <laughs> in, in Apple and what they're doing. Yeah. Unless somebody who comes along who is extremely passionate about Apple and what they're doing, and then all of a sudden I get interested. And I think what I'm, what I think what I'm most, what I'm most passionate about Cliff is just the whole Apple story, like the beginning of these two guys 
who were building a computer that they wanted because they couldn't find any of them that, you know, computers that they wanted didn't exist. So these guys, you know, built the, built, built a computer in their garage and started showing it off to people. And people were like, this is awesome. And then they decided to make a business out of it and then just blew up. And, you know, they basically invented the personal computer. Yeah. I mean, you know, the first usable, I mean, they had stuff like the Altair and stuff, which was like flips and switches and stuff. But I just think, the whole story of how it happened, these guys were super young. Uh, Steve was 20 or 21, and I think Steve Wozniak was maybe 28. Um, but yeah, it's just so interesting how, how it all came to be. And I, I do recommend, if you're, if you're a geek at heart and uh, you really want to know uh, the inner workings of the other Steve, not the one that everybody, you know, not the guy that wears the turtlenecks and, and talks on stage, but the brains uh, of, of how these computers work is, is by the book I was and uh, you know, e- either audio book it or, you know, get it at the library or buy it or, or buy the paperback and get it at the library now pretty cheap or at the, like a bookstore pretty cheap, but it's a great book and it just shows how brilliant Steve Wozniak was. And he basically dreamed up these computers without ever building one before and just figured it would work. And it did. Yeah. That's, so, that's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, so I, I, I like that's, that's why I'm a fanboy. I, I just love the whole story of how everything came together. Yeah, and and both you and I, I think, can appreciate that a great deal because you and I have have now had a little bit of this entrep- entrepreneurial spirit like birthed within us. Mm-hmm. It's you know what I don't know if I'd ever want to you know I would you know I do a lot of work with Ample, and if they ever asked me to be hired on, I, I probably would. Um, just because you know they're a small group and it feels like working at a startup, I don't ever think I could work at a corporation or a big company ever again. It'll have to be a startup or a very small company. I just got this taste in my mouth of just being able to do something that makes a big change, and it's just like you get addicted to it. Yeah, and, you know, I don't know if I'll if I'd ever have a traditional job ever again. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm fairly certain that I never will. Of course, you know, who knows what the future may hold? But I, I tell you what. There, there is something about you know getting to the place in your life where you know you you have ob- options, not obligations. And that's yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, and and I and I love the I love the option to completely one hundred percent radically change my entire business model overnight if I if I so <laughs> if I so desire. I, I don't exactly. ne- necessarily know if that's recommended, uh, <laughs> you know. But but still, I mean, if 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 one day I wake up and it's like all of a sudden just like wow. I have this new vision, this new passion. I don't have to go to a board. I don't have to talk to, I don't have to fill out paperwork. I, I can just like, you know what? That's something I'm just going to, I'm going to block out the next two weeks of my time and I'm going to focus on that mm-hmm. just because I want to. And I like that. You know, anyway, this isn't all about business and entrepreneurial stuff, but it, but that is how, <laughs> that's how Apple got started. And I think that's interesting. And, exactly. Exactly. And you know what? I think you're responsible for me buying my first Mac. I, you know, I credit it to my friend Robert Johnson, and I also credit it to credit to the the Mac ads. the The Switch ads were just so darn entertaining. And if anybody yeah. ever questions whether those are effective, they are because <laughs> because they were. I mean, I you know it it was it it is somewhat cool to own a Mac. It, it really is cool to own a Mac. And and if you think you're, I'm wrong, well, I'm sorry for you. But uh, <laughs> if you don't agree with me, that's okay. But you're wrong. I've also convinced Andy, uh, part of our GSPN community, to go buy a Mac. Yeah, he went and bought it. Did you know that? He did. He bought a 13-inch. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And he's loving every second of it. And the reason why I say that you're responsible for it, because aren't you, I think you're the person who actually twists 
twisted Robert Johnson's arms to get the Mac. Maybe. Or at All least, I remember is I initially turned you off because I said, uh, enjoy the smugness or something. Like that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because <laughs> you were you were an ultra fanboy, and I'm like, dude, I just like, forget that. I was on the fence, but now I'm back over here again. I'm stay, <laughs> I'll, I'll stay in my Windows wor- world. That was yeah. during the old Net Junk show. Yes, it was. It was hilarious. Anyway, so let's talk about some Apple stuff. What's going on in Valve? Tease, uh, Valve. What's Valve? Okay, Valve is a company that was formed by a bunch of former Microsoft guys. And a few years ago, maybe, I don't know, 10 or 12 years ago, they came out with this game. Maybe 13 years ago. I don't know. Came out with this game called Half-Life. And it was groundbreaking. It was a first-person shooter, but it told a story. It had these scripted events that things jumped out at you. It was an awesome game, right? They followed it up with Half-Life 2, and they brought out stuff. And actually, the Orange Box is a product they had out a couple years ago. It's sitting on my bookshelf also. Uh, and it has <clears throat> excuse me, it has Half-Life 2 in it, a game called Portal, which is a, an amazing like puzzle game, and a game called Team Fortress 2. They were PC only, and they were diehard PC only. And, uh, you know, the forums are always like, hey, when are you guys going to come out the Mac version? And all the people on the forum just jumped down all the Mac users' throats. Well, there was a rumor the other day that Steam, which is their delivery mechanism, you know, they have this marketplace called Steam where you, if you buy the orange box, let's say you buy a piece of their software in the store and register it on Steam, you can throw those discs away because the game is now in your locker online where you can download it whenever you want. And the rumor was that Steam was coming to Mac because they found some images in the latest version of Steam. And now there's... Now it's actually sounds like it's going to happen. Mac Rumors got an image of of the character from Half Life, Gordon Freeman, in, in an email with an Apple logo on his chest. Uh, Mac CNN got another picture showing some guns from Portal and Team Fortress parodying uh, the I'm a Mac ads, and then another site got a, uh, a a character from Team Fortress Two eating a sandwich shaped like an Apple logo uh, in the parody of the iPod dancing ads, and it it just looks like that this is going to be announced that. Finally, it's coming to the Mac, and uh, it looks like there's there's this conference next week uh, called the GDC, and it looks like Valve's going to be there to announce that they're going to support the Mac, and that's a huge news for a lot of gamers who use a Mac because they want to have a great computer but miss the games, and you know, and they don't want to put boot camp on their computer or anything like that. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm beyond excited right now. That is awesome, I, you know, and and with the computers. I mean, every Mac now. I mean, all the all the MacBook Pros have some pretty good graphics on them. Is am I correct? Yeah, I mean, it's not like the the hottest cards you can buy. I mean, there are better cards aftermarket that you can get. Uh, the laptops, uh, all the MacBook Pros have at least, and even the MacBook now have uh, the NVIDIA ninety four hundred M processor, which. Like I said, it's not it's not the greatest. It's actually what powers the Ion platform for in Nvidia. Uh, so if you get one of those net uh, not netbooks, but one of the low end you know net top computers that have Ion, that the, the graphics chipset that is the same as what's on the Mac, and it does it does a really good job. It Photoshop is really really fast using the, the graphics card and things like that. So, but I mean, the, these, be, these things will at least play though all of these games oh, that are coming yeah, out. Definitely. See that. Definitely. See that's the problem. Is before it's like I mean. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm not a hardcore gamer. Hardcore gamers, if they if they're a hardcore gamer, they can get you know the big extra super fancy um, cards and stuff like that. And by by the way, they used to build you know three thousand dollar 
computers all the time to have the you know the best and the greatest so that they can play their game. So for them to go and buy a Mac Pro is not a huge stretch, right? No, not at all. So so for those people, but for somebody like me, you know, I I've never been a hardcore gamer, but there have been times when I wanted to get a game and it's like I read the requirements, it's like ah this won't work on my system. Yeah. Now there's probably a good chance on your Mac at least that it won't run on your on your on your MacBook. Yeah, my it's got white Intel. MacBook. Yeah, right. But you know, if you have one of the newer ones, you're fine. Well, that's so. what I'm saying. It's like it, yeah. it makes sense now. Now that all the stuff that's sold from the store today will at least run all these games, I, I think it makes sense for them to start putting it on a platform that isn't crashing all the time. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I'm hoping because Valve is really good about you know if you get a new computer, you can run Steam put it in your account and then install the game on your computer. You know, they, they don't, you know, since you registered it, they don't ask any questions. I'm hoping that that license carries over to the Mac or even, you know, buy, a, I'll even spend five or 10 bucks for a cross grade, but I don't see why they wouldn't just let me download it for the Mac. So I'm excited. I'm happy. Have you ever played I, a game called civilization on the Mac? Uh, yes. Yeah, Civ four, I think is the latest one. Yeah. I, I've got a friend of mine and that that's kind of, is that kind of like ages of empires where you kind of build? It's like, yeah, a, it's yeah. I, I, I played a game of it and I didn't have a lot of fun to be quite honest with you. Yeah. Well, those are the kind of games that I like. I, I'll tell you my, the, the games, the, the two games that I've, I mean, it, it, that almost turned me into a hardcore gamer, except for like when people say hardcore gamer, I think they think the first person shooter. But when I think hardcore gamer, I'm thinking somebody who would actually spend, you know, eight hours in front of the computer playing a video game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I consider to be. So whether, whether that be, you know, solitaire, <laughs> whatever. Um, but anyway, there, there, there were two games that I loved. It was Roller Coaster Tycoon and, okay. and Roller Coaster Tycoon 2. I never got into three. But those two games, uh, building, you know, basically building your amusement park and ha- keeping your guests happy and making a profit and having all these goals and objectives and you know deciding ticket sale prices i loved that kind of stuff and then i loved ages of empires actually building you know your you know advancing your civilization building your armies and having a strategy for protecting your your land and then taking over and conquering other people's lands those are the kind of games that i love so, so my question is, if I were to, let's just say, I was actually going to start carving out about two hours a week just to say, you know what, I, I'm going to spend two hours a week just for fun playing a video game. I wonder today, on the Mac, what game should I get? Plants vs. Zombies. Seriously? Yes. I looked at that. That looks so stupid. It is awesome. It looks so stupid. I mean, seriously. It's awesome, Cliff. I don't know. I, I don't even. I, I, I mean, I, it's, I don't want to say that I don't trust you, but I'm just saying it's like I don't even know if I can bring myself to even download and install the game. <sighs> Go to PopCap, play the free Flash version. All right. So See, what, look, look. Andy says it's awesome with a capital suite. All right. So, so. hold on. PopCap.com? It's, it's either PopCap.com or PopCapGames.com. All right, so it's popcap.com. It's pulling it up. And and there's plants versus zombies in here. Yeah. All right. All right. So I'll tell you what. You can download Yeah, you can download the trial for Mac and uh or you can play the fl- the uh, the the low-end flash version. Mhm. And uh yeah. I it, it, it just looks super, stupid though. It's super fun and super cute. <laughs> super cute. <laughs> Did you just say it's super cute? 
It is. It's super cute. Man. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Popcat makes some great games. Uh, great, like, casual games. You know, yeah. Bejeweled, stuff like that. Plan, they- Plants vs. Zombie was, was game of the year last year. That's awesome. Popcap, I, I, I've seen that logo somewhere, and I'm wondering if I have a game on my iPhone from Popcap. Maybe, know. like Zuma or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, so what else is going on in the world of Apple today? I, what Tell us about Mac Heist. Uh, uh, sure. For those who don't know this, Mac Heist has this thing every year. Is it every year they do this? Yeah, normally it's the, yeah. They have, they have this thing called Mac Heist. It's generally right around the holidays. It's in the winter. And uh, what it is, it's it's a game, like an augmented reality game where you got to go and find these things and you get these coupons uh, towards the bundle. And the bundle for Mac Heist is generally, you know, five or six, maybe seven games that are just like, or games, uh, applications for the Mac uh, made by indie developers that are just awesome. You know, uh, one time it was, uh, you know, like um, Pixelmator was, was part of the bundle one time. And a lot of times these bundles are ridiculously cheap. Let's say 50 bucks for these programs. And if you priced them all out, you know, the price of Pixelmator alone was $50. And what they started doing now is something called the Nano Bundle. And this is the second time they've done it on MacHeist.com. Okay. And you can get uh, seven apps for uh, $20 right now. And the way that works is they got five of them unlocked right now. And the ones that are unlocked right now are Mac Journal, Rip It, Clips, Cover Scout, and a program called Flow. And each one of those software, you know, bump prices alone, 40 bucks, 20 bucks, $27, $40, $25. And um, just for Rip It, it's worth it. To be honest with you, but if fifty thousand bundles are purchased in a week, and there's six days left, and they've done twenty one thousand eight hundred and twelve bundles, uh, the Tales of Monkey Island get unlocked, and that's a thirty five dollar game. And okay. then I think if it goes up like seventy thousand, they haven't announced yet. But for Rapid Weaver, which you know helps you make websites really quick, it's a it's a nice piece of software. I used to have it, and that's eighty dollars. Um, and what's cool is twenty five percent of the purchase can be donated to a charity of your choice okay. or spread around, around all of them, including you know ones like uh, Save Darfur, National Cancer Foundation, or Prevent Cancer Foundation, World Wildlife Fund, National Humane Society, the Clinton Bush Haiti Fund, uh, Direct Leaf International, Save the Children. Action Against Hunger, AIDS Research Alliance. So it, it, a lot of the money goes to a good cause. Of course, the developers get paid. It's all on the up and up and all legal and good to go. So uh, I was telling my wife about it this morning. She's like, well, go ahead and buy it. So yeah, after this show, I'm, I'm laying down my, my uh, debit card and, and making that $20 purchase just because I want Rip It. And I've used Rip It. Rip It is one of those programs where you just put a disc in, click Rip, and it makes an exact clone of the DVD on your computer. Now, what's cool about this is that, you know, if you're on the Mac, if you use Boxy or if you use um, Front Row uh, and you, you hit that disc, it, it's just like you have the disc in your computer. You know, you can, you, you got your chapters, you got all, all of your uh, special features, all the languages, all the sound options, everything. So Ripit is a really, really cool program. And the, and the way hard, you know, hard drives are so cheap right now, doesn't hurt to take all, especially if you have kids, you know, young kids, to take all your DVDs and back them up onto, you know, a hard drive. And this program lets you do it. And it's the whole package, the whole bundle is the same price this software normally sells for. Wow. What is Clips? Clips is a new kind of or a different way of doing. Uh, it's like a clipboard add-on. It's the ultimate clipboard and snippet manager. Um, and basically, you can save multiple items to multiple clipboards. 
Um, it's pretty cool. It's like a $27 product. Cover Scout, I've actually looked at this program before and never bought it because I thought it was expensive. Um, I'm one of those people that I like to have the right cover art for my iTunes. Uh-huh. And Cover Scout, what it'll do is it'll go out and intelligently get all the missing cover art for your music collection. Nice. Which my, Emily's like, ah, why would you do that? I'm like, well, my iPhone has all my, you know, that has big, it's got a big, beautiful screen for that cut co- for that cover. Art. I like looking at that. So, yeah. Yeah. So you got that. Uh, and that was rated like four and a half stars from Macworld. And then flow is a new way of doing FTP. Okay. Uh, I've never heard of it. Um, but I'm excited to use it. It says, are you still using transmit an app that dates all the way back to Mac OS eight? So, yeah, it's all about uh, Let me see what transferring this- files, doing full web scale development with its built-in editing and Safari uh, simulating previews. So it's, yeah, this looks really, really cool. So Let me hit play on here and see what this says about this. This is uh, Flow, I believe. Okay. Hold on one second. And here we go. Flow from Extend Mac. Flow offers elegant, intuitive, and powerful file transfer. On the Mac, you've become accustomed to software that's not just powerful, but elegant too. Flow brings the best of the Mac to your server's files and folders. Put simply, Flow makes working remotely every bit as intuitive and natural as working locally with the Finder. Flow supports a diverse set of protocols, making it the ideal tool for pretty much any remote connection. Gone are the days of download, edit, save, upload. With Flow, you can edit files directly on your server using the built-in editor or an editing application of your choice. With a single click in Flow, you can open the URL to a remote item in your web browser or copy it to your clipboard. When uploading, Flow can even automatically copy the URL for you once the transfer is finished. Droplets allow you to upload files without even opening Flow. Apple Design award-winning Flow has everything you'd expect and more from a great file transfer client, but far and away, the most important piece of Flow that sets it apart from the competition is how it feels. All right. So anyway, I I looked at the video here. Uh, To be honest with you, it kind of looks like the Finder and how it actually does the, you know, the multi-columns and stuff. That's good. Well, you know what the thing is, is I hate that. That's the thing I hate most about the Mac. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is is that the way the finder works and so i had to go in and i've got to find ways to to make it look like windows with folders inside of it because that's the oh. way that's the way my mind works yeah you know and it's that's like cool yeah but but i did like the 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 no you probably just barely heard it in there but this thing called droplet and it looks like you could create a little icon on your desktop and and just barely based upon what I, I saw there i'm assuming that you could just drop a file onto that icon and it will upload into your FTP. And if that's, yeah, that's the case, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And I mean, just for, for the price, it, I'm, I am certain it's 50,000, you know, it's, it, this has only been on for a, a day right now. There are 21,840 bundles. So 40, 42 I, they're now. easily 42. Yeah. They're easily going to get 50,000 bundles for tales of monkey Island, which the original monkey Island yeah. One of the funniest games of all time. Worth Originally created by LucasArts. Now this is Telltale Games. And uh, yeah, it's worth the, the price just for the bundle for that. Yeah. So and I'm excited. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy it uh, probably when I get to the office today because if I try to do it now, I would sound like a Cylon. Yeah. 
Not a problem. And oh, we, and uh, Eric Fisher, yeah, uh, did did send us a message over Twitter that said PopCap made Peggle. Yes, enough said. Yeah, pa- and pa- I agree. Peggle is cool. I, I kind of lost interest when it got too hard for me to beat the the rest of the challenges, but but Peggle was a lot of fun for a long time. Peggle. Definitely worth the money. <laughs> I, I was wondering where I had seen PopCap from. So yeah, so uh, definitely, uh, I would recommend it. I would give this nine thumbs up uh, yeah. on the Mac Ice the bundle this year. Well, for if I, I'll just share with people. I mean, I I'm looking at this. I don't see you know I don't see anything in here that's even remotely interesting to me. That I I, I still like Cyberduck for my FTP Cover Scout. I, to be honest with you, I, I if I get music, I usually buy it from iTunes, and it's usually got the right artwork. Um, that's it. Uh, let's see here. Uh, hold on, clips. I have no. I I have no desire to I, to do anything more than just copy and paste. Mac Journal. I I don't even like. I, I, if I'm gonna write something, I'll write it in Google Docs and <laughs> and rip it. I don't buy DVDs. I have a ton of DVDs though. <laughs> Although I can see how rip it could be misused by people with Redbox though, or Netflix, or Netflix exactly. But but the thing is is is. Um, you know, I have no desire. I, I'm not. A, I don't watch movies over and over again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, the only thing I could see rip it for is it. I guess it could be nice to have backed up copies of my Lord of the Rings complete ultra mega, you know, series, you know, DVD collection. Yeah. yeah. That, but still, I don't know if I want to. I mean, I keep I keep those pretty well kept. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I got my Star Wars limited edition that I'd like to back up. Andy so. Traub is in our chat room. He's asking, what do we use for the Mac for FTP? And in my mind, there's only one real option uh, and it's free. Uh, well, there are a ton of other options that are not free, but as far as the free con- options go, I love Cyberduck. Yeah, Cyberduck's awesome for free. Transmit uh, is probably the best known paid FTP program and it, it, it has a lot of advanced options and supports uh, web dev and stuff like that so yeah I um, have on the PC I've always used uh, FileZilla and mm-hmm. they have a FileZilla for the Mac client and it is horrible yeah and uh, Keith Parsons says he really likes Captain FTP on the Mac like it much better than Transmit so cool uh, you know what I'm gonna buy this bundle today yeah and, uh, cool how about next week I'll give you a full report on everything that sounds awesome Cool, Very and cool. I, I, I I tell people, you know, there's even one of these applications that seems uh, interesting to you. Buy buy the bundle. Yeah, just do it. You, you're oh, not yeah. going to regret it. That, you're that, not going to regret it. That's the thing. If one of them looks interesting for twenty bucks, go for it. But uh, so, for me, it's it's really none of them appeal to me. So it, whatever you decide, guys. Whatever you decide. <laughs> All right. So iPhone grows uh, gross profit margins nearly sixty percent, huh? Yeah, Bernstein researchers, uh, researchers uh, Tony Sakani issued a 13-page report last week in which he estimated that the iPhone's gross profit margins were an astounding 57.8%. And those margins tower above Apple's competitors. With RIM, they have an estimated 43%, uh, Nokia 33%, Motorola 32%, and the HTC 31.7%. And uh, I didn't, this, this isn't written down, but Apple did is uh, suing HTC over yeah. 20 patents. Uh, and a lot of them look like they're, they're related to the Android operating system, which I don't know why HTC is being the scapegoat on this one. But, uh, yeah, it's a direct shot at Android. And, uh, well, HTC is... The Nexus One. ...is making the stuff that makes it possible for the multi-touch to work. 
Well, yeah, they made the Nexus one, which is the closest thing to the iPhone out right now. Yeah. So, yeah, I, who knows if it's going to stick? I mean, you know, you have to, you know, when you hold patents, you have to protect them or you lose them. So, I mean, it's not Apple, you know, Apple's not purposely out to be a jerk. They just, you know, they got burned in the PC world many moons ago. And yeah. I don't think they want to let that happen again to their, you know, the phone. Right. All righty. So the iPad hit stores when? Possibly Friday, March 26th. The examiner is reporting that the iPad will go on sale on, in the U.S. on Friday, March 26th. They cite inside sources with information, uh, with confirmation from an Apple store manager in Southern California who wishes not to be identified. Daryl um, Dino. <laughs> the Post's author, who no, oh. is not the manager. Oh, okay. I was going to say, I thought that was his name. <laughs> yeah, claims that internal Apple retail trading will begin March 10th with commercials starting on March 15th. The commercials would emphasize iPads, eBooks, and iBook store capacity. Uh, while Daryl states that his sources say that March 26th date hasn't been officially set and it is only very likely that Apple would follow the year, their end of the March shipping goal and follow in the likes of every major Friday launches like the iPhone and iPhone 3GS. Um, they also state that the 3G iPads won't go on sale until April or May and that people who line up for the Wi-Fi iPad will receive a special gift, probably a T-shirt, if I had to guess. Wow. Well, maybe I- free keys. That'd be, that'd be cool. That would be cool. I am going to definitely get an iPad. There's no question about that. Um, I'm more excited about the iPhone for Kindle app being updated to the uh, the iPad for Kindle app because I want to if what maybe if they do it. Yeah, no doubt. But the thing is, though, is um, even if they just keep the iPhone for the uh, before I buy before I buy the iPad, I am going to go to the store and I am going to open the I'm going to download and install and look at the full screen version of the iPhone Kindle app and if yeah. if it if it's if it is a good reading experience then I will buy it because and I will continue to buy all my books through um through Kindle because if that way cuz I don't I don't plan on taking my iPad with me everywhere you know, my iPad, matter of fact, most of the place, the, the place that my iPad will be is for the most part will be probably right next to my bed. It'll probably stay on a charger next to my bed because that's where I plan on re- doing the most of my reading. But I'm, I'm actually looking forward to it because, you know, I, I, I think, you know, one of the things that I don't do these days is I don't read blogs very much anymore. Uh, it, but I have Google Reader, and I love the blogs that I'm subscribed to. I just don't have time to read them when I'm in front of a computer. But I feel like if I have an iPad and I don't, I'm not sitting there with a laptop. I'm not going to be tempted to do email and all this other stuff. But I'll, I, I will feel like very comfortable holding a nice little device like that in my hands, doing some reading. I would be shocked beyond belief if Amazon does an iPad version. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I would be shocked too. And I honestly don't think the text is going to scale right on the iPhone version. Well, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm going to see. Now, why why would you why would you keep buying your books in Kindle format and not the iPad ebook format or well, EPUB? Uh, okay, so here's the deal: if if the ePub or if the uh, if they make an an iBooks um, application that also installs on the iPhone. And yeah. they and they sync back and forth, yep. Like like Kindle does, and mm-hmm. also they give you the ability to highlight, and mm-hmm. also give you the ability to type in notes along the way, and also give you a 
desktop application that all that stuff will sync to. So basically, well, if you duplicate why, why, all... Why, why, why would you need a desktop application? Because um, when I'm doing a podcast, um, I would like to be able to see my notes and I'd like to be able to type with a really good keyboard. Oh, oh okay, notes. I'm sorry. Okay, now I know what you're saying. Yeah. So you, so you can do that with the Kindle now? You can do a desktop version with the Kindle? Oh, yeah, on the PC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, and matter of fact, Kindle for the, app, for the Mac is coming out soon too. I would... I, I would think that I don't know if that would happen or not. Yeah, and see, see Keith in the chat room. He says he loves the kin- he, well. He says I like the desktop Kindle app uh, to read my notes, and that's exactly what I want. Okay. As I, yeah, I wanted I, to go in and read my notes. I don't see why they wouldn't do that. I mean, I don't know. I would think they would try to beat every feature that the Kindle has. So right. who knows? I, I well, we would probably be more likely to see the bookstore app on the iPhone rather than the Kindle app on the iPad. Yeah. Well, I, I, if I, the thing is, is I, I don't care if it's available, if it doesn't have at least all the functionality that Kindle has. I mean, mm-hmm. l- like for example, I go, I, I love this. I, I can go in and I can buy a book from Amazon Kindle and I buy it once and I can send it to my desktop. I can send it to, I can send it to Stephanie's iPhone. I can send it to my iPhone I mean, it, it's just, it's in all of those places. And if I add notes in any of those places, they're all synced up on the server. And I, I just love that. It, it is a great feature and functionality. And if they, and of course, the only thing that the Kindle's missing is I would love to be able to take something that I've highlighted. I know I don't want them to give me the thing, to, the ability to copy and paste an entire chapter. But dude, let me at least copy and paste a, a portion of text. In so that I can actually just take those and put them into some show notes. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, I know what you're saying. As a matter of fact, I'd be willing to give up some of the other functionality if I could search text for words and do copy and paste. If they gave me that in the iBook store, dude, I, I'll switch over in a, in a heartbeat. Well, I guess we'll know once we get our hands on it, huh? That's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> hey, one last call, and then we'll wrap things up here. We got a call from Eric Fisher. Hey, Cliff and Chris. This is Eric Fisher, and I've got a question that kind of pertains to the hopefully coming soon new iPhones. Um, I know that at the current time, you can make a backup of your iPhone uh, with all the applications, data, and everything like that all in in place and restore the phone to that original backup setting um, and then wipe an iPhone clean and then, you know, reinstate it to that, to that backup. My question is, is can you do the same to, uh, if I back up the current iPhone that I have and then get a new one, can I move that backup into the new phone? Sub question, can you do that with a, a backup of an iPhone to say an iPod touch? Thanks. Just want to let you know that I'm listening and you've got awesome knowledge. Awesome knowledge. I, <laughs> I love that, Eric. He's like, you can tell at the end, he's like, oh, dude, how am I going to end this thing? And I'm sure after he's like, what did I just say? <laughs> That's for so the, awesome. For the phone? Uh, yeah. So, so, when, so, when I, in Cliff, I'm sure you can answer this too. When we had our original iPhone Phil Schiller edition classics, uh, when we got the new phones, I just plugged mine in and it burp, copied everything right over yeah it, it, it's a piece of cake the only thing is, is i will tell you you will lose some applications uh when they do the backup they do not back up um the, they don't put all your data mm-hmm. in there so like i had the i had the um i shape application i was using back in the day and the application got backed up 
But all the data of all the calories that I had been entering all that time and all the workouts that I have done, um, none of that was actually restored when I actually got my new phone. Um, so, so there are some applications where you know that data, and it's not be, and it wasn't that it's like, well, the, you must have had added new data since the last time it was actually officially backed up. It wasn't that at all. I mean, I'm telling you, it just none of that data was there. So it really depends on some of those applications. But as far as, far as the applications themselves, they will all come through. Um, and, and some applications did store my settings. Uh, a lot of the applications I had to re-enter usernames and passwords and all that other stuff. So I, it, it, it kind of, I don't think it's a flawless system, to be honest with you. What I would like is kind of like when you upgrade your hardware or your... Um, when, yeah, when you upgrade to a new Mac, you know how it does a complete backup of your entire user setup. I mean, it's pretty much you you just port things over and then it just works like it did as I mean as if it was you're on the same old computer. I would prefer that they did that did the iPhone backup that way rather than just backing up the application. I'm just just back up everything on this phone and put it on the new phone. Yeah. And uh, you know, especially since they're in such huge control of the hardware but they don't do that, and so I don't think it's flawless. Um, as far as I know, I don't believe you can actually take a backup of everything you have on. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm actually I'm almost positive you cannot back up your iPhone and then restore that to an iPod Touch. However, if you right. have all those applications that you've purchased, I can tell you that you can actually take all those applications and put them on your iPod Touch, but none of your settings or anything like that will go in there. And I'm actually kind of glad for that. I'm glad that the settings aren't saved with the applications in that section. The applications kind of exist um, as quote unquote, like in, you know, the, it, like when you have the applications and they're downloaded to your, to your, uh, your iTunes on your computer, they're actually like in the box software. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, and and to and then all of a sudden it's like and then all of a sudden it will put it, but all the all your personal settings are kind of saved on your phone, not in the application. I mean, it's saved in a special place, and and the reason I know this is because Stephanie and I have. Well, let me see if I can think of one that that we really benefit from. Well, I'll, I'll give you the Amazon for the iPhone. Uh, Stephanie and I both have the Amazon for the iPhone. And uh, we we got the application once. She has it on hers, and I have it on mine. But we have drastically different settings and different books, and we're both syncing to the same iTunes, and it doesn't intermingle our settings. Uh, another one we've got several apps that we you know you pay good money for that we use, and I'm trying to see if I can find like for example some ideas here. Um, uh, let's see. Well, go- another good one is is like Hootsuite. You know, you you get Hootsuite. She's got her settings in Hootsuite. I've got my settings in Hootsuite. But on the Mac, the Hootsuite application is there on the Mac. And if I accidentally delete Hootsuite, it will it will put it back over. But it's it's like installing the software new again. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So so uh, which is really neat, by the way. For those of you who have, you know, you've got like five iPhones in your family, and that's that may sound crazy, but there are I'm sure there are people that are out there. If you have five iPhones in your house. And you're all syncing to your own Mac computers, dude. You're totally missing out if you're not uh, using the same iTunes store because you buy the app once and you can put it on all your stuff. So you get a you get a twenty dollar application and you can put it on every iPhone and iTouch that you have. 
if you use the same store, if you use the same username and password for the store. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does. Anyway, but I don't think you're going to be able to put the, you're not going to be able to, you know, back up and, and restore to an iPod touch. Do you disagree with that? No, I don't. I don't disagree with it at all. all right. That's exactly right. All right. Anyway, and I and I and of course I don't. Th- and I think the same will be true. I don't think that you'll be able to do a backup of your iPhone and restore it to an iPad. Though all the applications that you have purchased obviously will be able to just sync right over there. But you're going to be re-entering your personalized data. That's why, just like on applications that I use on my desktop. I prefer using stuff that's all on the web or at least syncs to the web consistently. Uh, and, and uh, like, for example, I love applications that as soon as I enter something in my application on my iPhone, it immediately is on the web as well. Like lose the Lose It application is an, an example of that. It just says that, you know, if all of a sudden I need to reinstall Lose It, I should be able to sync right up and boom, it, it's just like it was on my other iPhone. Anyway, Chris, thank you for everything, man. It was a good show today. All right. We want to say to everybody out there, please call us 859-795-4067 with your questions and your feedback for Help I Got a Mac. We know that uh, at least we've got um, Andy Traub out there with a brand new computer. I would, yes. I would suspect that if you have a new Mac, you probably have some questions. Give us a call 859-795-4067 and we would love to try to answer them for you. And uh, Chris, go download your mouse, Mac Heist, man. I will. Have an awesome day. All right, bye-bye. We'll talk to you all next week. Until then, join the community. Mm-hmm.